Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by the man with many plans. His name is Sean Bennett, my lovely co-host. And we are here to bring you more unbelievable content tonight all around the world of hobbying and honestly just living. We're just livers here at the How To Hobby Podcast. Um, so Sean, I got some updates. I know everybody's listened to our episode last week, our, our rip-roaring episode, where we talked about something, uh, a book turned show. Well, guess what? Uh, I got the book. I am Really? Now, yes. The terminal list, ladies and gentlemen. Sean, he got... Uh, I, I got I got excited about the show and then Sean talked about the book and how good it was. So now I have the book. It's it's on my it'll be the next book I start. I'm on I'm reading a a novel right now and I'm going to finish it. I have about maybe a a quarter left or a little bit less than a quarter. So how are you doing, man? That's I'm stoked about the terminal list. <laughs> I I would be too. I'm no joke. So we we were talking about that last week. I haven't watched the show intentionally because I wanted to read through the books again to reinvigorate myself and so that I could read through it one last time without seeing Chris Pratt as you know James Reese. Um, now forever just, it will be. I know it. it. It just won't be the same. Chris Pratt um, he he messes stuff up for sure. He does because he's so memorable that like, I, but yeah, so I actually decided to read it again. I started today because I'm unemployed. I have all the time in the world right now. So I've actually read almost you, four, your low life, <laughs> almost 400 pages read just today. My absolute favorite part for anyone who's not familiar. I don't know how familiar you are, John. The entire book is based in San Diego. So everything is. I, I noticed that in the show that that yep. was also. So in episode one, we we only saw the first episode. And that was like an uh, an amazing memoir to San Diego. Uh, anyway, it made us sad. I think a little. Yeah. bit. I was like, oh, my, 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 <laughs> oh, my Cor city. Coronado. Yeah, the entire book is based in Coronado, La Jolla, um, Chula Vista, the border, San Ysidro. The entire book is all San Diego. So, uh, it is so cool reading through it. Reading through, talking about them going to the Rosecrans National Cemetery. I've been there. I've walked yeah, to look at the same. Yeah headstones you know driving through point woman nazarene like i it's so crazy to finally find a book that is so descriptive of an area that i've lived my entire life and feel like it's so much more real to me now because i can see the actor sitting at the coffee shop that he's describing just south of the cemetery i've been there it just makes it so wow. much more real that that is weird that that's what is it is it the uh pete's coffee there at the corner no, it's it's actually uh, it's a small coffee shop just south of. Oh, oh so this is like street. it's legitimate. It's not just kind of. No, it's okay. it's legitimate actual you places, real okay. restaurants, real. The entire oh, book no. is based. Oh wow! Because the okay. the author, um, Jack Don't Carr, tell me anymore. I know Jack Carr. He lived in San Diego for a long time when he was serving in the SEAL teams. So he is from Coronado. Ride rode his bike down the Silver Strand, like everything. It's just, it's did so much move, more real. Did he move away though? He's, yeah, he's he moved there now. He moved to Utah. Oh, okay. Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once he got I love out, San Diego. I know. I'm going to Utah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that is... I mean, if, if I didn't have to be here either and I, I had his life, I probably would move somewhere. I think he currently resides in Park City, Utah. Oh, just my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, well, and, and so Sean is a happy man because I, he just, he just let me know some news. Speaking of new locations, the BR hashtag BRC coffee company is opening up a location in none other than my, my backyard, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So I cannot tell you how excited I am. John's I've been coming to the waiting. grand opening. I've been waiting. The The closest one they've had was Salt Lake City. They haven't had any near Southern California. So now there's actually a location that's opening the next month. I saw it on LinkedIn this morning. A brand new location opening in Phoenix. I cannot tell you how excited I am to actually go into a store that rather than just having to buy the coffee on their website. Yeah. Well, so, and are, are you still like, you're, I mean, I know you're a truther for sure, but are you still drinking it like, uh, it, religiously? Not religiously as often as I can. Sometimes okay. I'll go with like a Phil's, um, which is a popular coffee chain here in, in California. 
um, that I go to because they also have they have really, really good coffee um, that I like, too. So I kind of bounce back and forth. It's really depending on kind of the vibe of the coffee I'm going for. Um, Black Rifle Coffee tends to be more on the darker, roastier end, whereas sometimes I kind of want like a light, something a little bit maybe more fruity. Um, So I'll go with Phil's. But yeah, I, I drink them as often as I can. I have all of their, as much of the gear as I can. There's actually one of their hats is floating down the river in Bend, Oregon, because I lost that. So I need to buy a new hat. But uh, yeah, I, I rep them as much as I can. I really, really I think a support lot of people too, man. I've seen their shirts, the the BRCC Sasquatch shirt. Yep. yep. Everybody's rocking that. Every service member alive and people it's all the ta- over the world. Tack the Squatch. Tack the Squatch. <laughs> He's He's, he's something else, man. He's a, he's a crazy man. I, I don't know. It definitely draws your eye. When you see it, you're like, what in the world is that? Yeah, it's a Sasquatch with nods on. Okay. Night, night vision for nods. Nods. Okay. All right. Sean's already pulling out the uh, tactical speak. He's been reading. He is, he is now Jack Carr. He's, <laughs> or sorry, James Reese. James he's, Reese. He is like taking him in liquid IV right into the vein. Oh, and he, just he knows what he's in. doing. Well, yeah. and, and so it's a happy time here. We're going into some of my favorite times of the year. I know you like the fall, Sean. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because it is August. But uh, this is when it starts to get real for me because the NFL is almost here. We, we've got rankings starting to drop for players for the upcoming season. I get all excited. Uh, I'm able to see who I have. We actually do a uh, a fantasy league with a good – group of my buddies i was just gonna ask yeah and they uh we've been doing it for i think four years running now and yeah so anyway this is where i start prepping and i i think anybody who's into fantasy football knows that you you have to prep early and get on under wraps on on, who's dropped off and who's gotten money this year because it's it's all about money man at the end of the day oh yeah oh yeah so All, all about money who's starting who's second string, who's, who's getting traded. That's who's a hurt. huge one. Who's yeah, exactly. Who's the hurt. biggest. Cause you, <laughs> the, when you start fantasy and you pick up that guy that still says his ADP is still high average draft pick that's ADP for everybody who's wondering. Um, and you pick up somebody who's injured, but they still have a high ADP because people are still hopeful that that player, he's a high enough rank where it's, but you get as a newbie, you have no idea. Cause you've never even thought about any of these third string <laughs> players, you know, especially at the end of drafts, this sometimes happens. And then, and then people look at your people who know, look at your lineup and they're like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And you're, and they're like going, this guy's no, no, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> um, and it's like a secret. Anyway, get on the news people who are maybe jumping in for the first time. Uh, and, and, and you'll, you'll do a lot better than I did my first year. Cause I was, it was, I was, uh, barely treading water. Oh, my, when I did it, when we did it with the office a few years ago, it was such a horrible nightmare of me having no idea what I was doing, but it was still so much fun to put a team together, play every week, play against your friends. It's also, if you're a starter, it's a really fun place to try and find some friends who are willing to do it, but you're not like crazy betting big money or any risky items. You got to have people who are just kind of welcoming. They just want to try it out or they're taking you under their wing. It's super intimidating. Like Devin, one of our old coworkers, he was playing a league with his frat buddies where whoever lost, they had to do a new punishment every year. It was bad too. It was bad. One of them was you had to show up if you were, you had to show up in a dress to work the following day. One of them, you uh, Devin had to go take the SATs as a 29 oh year old. Um, so- oh, and then, and then there was the one where that you had to run a marathon, but your buddies gave you a beer every hour. Yep. <laughs> or it was like every mile. So you had to drink like 26 beers that were the course of the, Oh, anyway, just pure. 20, sorry, 23, right. It's 23 yeah. miles. I I've never, I will never do a marathon that's way too much running for me but i i hats off to anybody who does it wholeheartedly agree yeah i I couldn't do it either but yeah it's find some people who are willing to do it low risk and just kind of figure it out together and that's it's so much more fun to learn and it also makes you really really want to get in to sitting down and watching the games it's not just oh i'm watching it passively or looking for your teams especially if you have red zone um, Red Zone by Amazon. It what it shows you every game playing simultaneously, and it is oh. the. Cr- Have I, you gotten I, that? 
I have streamed it a couple of times. Um, okay. But I it Sounds is my, overwhelming. It can be. So the way that it works is they're playing all, let's say you have nine games going at a, at a time. They have any time any team gets within the red zone, which is the 20 yards closest to the red zone or to the end zone, they switch to that team. So any, every score, every kick, every touchdown, every, everything is covered. I've seen up to an Octobox where they have eight games playing at the same time and you're trying to follow it all. It's so much oh fun. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. Highly recommend if you can to get red zone. Well, and Sean here, for everybody who doesn't know, Sean is a well-traveled uh, stadium goer. So he, yes. you've been to at least, what, uh, six out of the... How many, I don't even know how many stadiums there are in the... There are 30, I think, because okay. four of the teams, they share with each other. That's so right. It drops to so this 32 teams. I think that drops down to 30. I've done six. We're going to do Cincinnati in December. So we're going the first week of December. Um, to see the Bengals play the Green Bay Packers, I think, is who we're going to see. Um, and then I think we're going to try and hit Minnesota next year. But yeah, we're we trying to do as many games as we can. They're just getting so much more expensive now where tickets are like $400 a ticket to get even semi-decent seats. It's just sad. But uh, yeah, that's well, what I spend my money on. Is... I, you know, I did hear a stat that it's, uh, it's actually gone up at least oh, well over 20% for all ticket related events this year. So live nation mm. is on a, on an absolute tear and they're just one of the many uh, seat slingers is what I call them. So I yeah, like you... a seat slinger. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but you go online, you're looking for, it's not seat geek, seat geek though. Seat geek is, nope. you know, makes your butt feel good or something. They have like a really funny <laughs> slogan. Um, happy, happy, butt, happy seat. Um, so yeah, I I did hear some crazy stat about that. I ha I am happy to announce though that there is a gas station by our house, Sean, that just dropped below four dollars. We are at three eighty nine. Wow! And I was in Northern, uh, up actually, ironically, it's north of us, but it's on Southern, uh, street called Southern. There was some a lot of gas stations that were around three seventy, three sixty. So I was like, don't, don't. I'm like riding my bike by like, I can't wait to get gas. <laughs> I think the cheapest I've ever seen I got last week in Fullerton was 469. What? It's, yeah. Oh it's man, we're dropping even quicker than you guys. The, the station one block from my house is 569 for regular. Right now it's a mobile. It's still holy, crazy expensive holy, here, man. I just yeah. don't get it. It's like, cause that was killing me. I mean, I, I really, I think it's killing everybody. Mm -hmm. Gas is so expensive. And then everything else is just going up. You've noticed, right? When you go into the, the store now, it's like, oh, even I went into BJ's the other day. You know what they did, Sean? BJ's, my BJ's that I know and love. You know, I'm a, I'm a oh. diehard. Oh yeah, you are a BJ's diehard. brew house, late <laughs> listeners, not anything else. Don't get thinking about things. <laughs> BJ's brew house is my place. I like it a lot. The happy hour is amazing and they make their own beer. Well, I go in there the other day with the family. The beer had gone up a, a dollar and almost every menu item on happy hour. So happy hour was $4 a beer. Mm -hmm. Very important stat to remember, right? <laughs> Listeners, we know what the beer costs. I went in there. It was $5 and it, and they had it printed on the menu and everything. It was like, they just pulled the wool right over your eyes and said, Oh yeah, this is, it's always been $5. And that's what makes me most frustrated about it. It's not like, they should really like have a Sharpie and like cross mm -hmm. out the four. And like, then put... we don't want to do this. Trust us. We don't want to do this, but we have to versus no, it's always been like that. It's just, it's always been five bucks. Just, just get over it. Just order your beer and be happy. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, and oh, cool. I'll support. But that time I didn't, I was like, uh, uh, I'm going to have to get let this sink in a little bit before I start buying from you guys again. That's how cheap I am. Anyway, one day, Sean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come back to BJ's and be happy. I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> like, I can't I'm, help when the grand crew comes out in December, man, you know, I'll be there. Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> when December hits, if you ask me, where's John the high percentage of the time, he's probably getting a grand crew guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, before we get into our actual slated content tonight, let's go through our favorite subject, Sean, which is social media. You're, you're, you're on it these days. I know you're, you've been going through, we got to up the Instagram game. When, when was the last time we posted on the Instagram? 
it's it's been a hot minute. I'll admit it's not one of my strongest suits. I'm working on it, but we're uh, working yeah, on it. We're it's coming out. It's coming we got out. a post coming out here soon just for you. But the best place to get in touch with us is always our website, and that's howtohobbypodcast.com, where you can stay up to date with all of our crazy feats and Sean's crazy eats. We're just all about the feats here, ladies and gentlemen. So check us out. Send us a line at our Gmail, howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. Sean is always watching like a hawk, ready to respond to any questions that you may have regarding hobbies that we know and love. And follow us on Twitter. And most importantly, we want to get your feedback on the where wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a five-star review. Follow us, support us, and we will be more able to get you quality content in a timely manner and we just hope you're enjoying the overall theme and vibe that we're putting out here on the on the on the web so thank you for being here tonight we're going to dive into some of our uh content that we've been really working with you know we, we got the campfire out we were thinking about how we could make a great episode and this is what came to mind tonight we're going to be dropping in to our wilderness safety tips getting you ready for the fall this is, this is fall specific, so we want to give you a little bit of time. It's still a little hot out, but we know you guys are going to be heading out to the mountains here. Maybe you're even going soon to avoid the heat because you can go up to higher elevation and feel better than you do where I am in Phoenix. So, yeah, we're going to go through some of this, and we're going to start off with one that I think, Sean, is one of the most important things, especially today at coming out of the, the COVID era that we were in where people were being a little bit irresponsible in my in my experience i saw more of these creatures than i ever have in my entire career of being in the wilderness and that was in 2020 so something's going on and i i think we know the correlation and that is how to take the proper bear precautions we're starting off with that starting off with a strong one tonight sean do you have any experience with with the black one black bears out there in california we don't have brown bears we only no. have black we do have uh, black bears. bears. I, I haven't personally run into them. I've seen tracks in my hiking and backpacking that I've done. Um, but I've always been so cautious of trying to keep aware of not venturing anywhere that I might get too far off trail or I might run into some because um, they're generally black bears, I think, are generally the more skittish bears they tend to stay away as long as you don't get caught between a mother and the cubs that's when things can get really messy um but i do know when i hiked and backpacked through the sierras i made sure to keep everything that we had as anything that smelled strong toothpaste food anything you did away from camp if you brushed your teeth away from camp you did what you did and you left every food everything food wrappers everything in a bear container Yep, be bear aware. That's the what they always say. Sounds like you have your your is that is that the only um so do you have any experience with any of the supplemental? So there in my in my experience, there's kind of two ways of looking at it. You can either get the bear canister or you can do the bear bag, but so you've you've used the the bear canister yep. fr frequently. Yeah, so I've used the bear canister mainly just because back when I was prepping i didn't really know much about bears uh, like bear bags or any of that i was just let me get a canister that's really hard to open and then <laughs> yeah. leave it leave it away from camp that's, that was <laughs> you know what i call was... that i call that the brute force method for sure yep. it's yep. just straight up like let me get something the bear can't open and and the, now the thing that i don't like about the bear canisters that they don't tell you is how heavy they are oh, it's God. like and... a two pound the the BV five hundred or BV six fifty, they're well like I think the six fifty is three pounds and the five hundred is like two point two or something. Yep. And they came, they're coming out with a bear vault is the so BV stands for bear vault. Sorry, we're, we're throwing out lingo. You know we we know things here at the How to Hobby Podcast. The BV five hundred, um, it, you know right? It's they're very heavy. So how did you cope with that? It, it hurt my back the first, the couple times I have had the bear canisters. It, it definitely was heavy. What I struggled with more was how cumbersome it was to try and pack and fit it. Ah, it's not yes. it's not an easy shape to fit anywhere in your pack. Yeah, it's just a 
a shockingly wide cylinder um, that was just so hard to pack. But yeah, the, the weight definitely killed me. But I, I personally think my first trip out when I first took my bear can, I was so inexperienced that my pack was so much heavier than it absolutely needed to be. Um, it was just astronomically heavy and I definitely suffered oh, <laughs> that whole trip. But now I've slimmed it down. But that bear can is still the heaviest, I think, really one of the heaviest things that I have. Um, and it's just cumbersome. So do you do you own one actually? You actually yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I own one. And right now all it's doing is storing my old, my, um, your food your Yeah, food my, from that hike. Yeah. Dehydrated meals right now is all that it's currently storing just in preparation for the next trip that I take. But, oh, cool. um, yeah, but I, I bought a bear can. I did go on a backpacking trip in the channel islands and because it's a popular camping ground, they actually have bear, um, bear chests where you can oh, yeah. put, put all your food in there and then lock it. Um, but what we did find is that doesn't always keep the ferrets or anything out that might be out there. Ferrets or squirrels sometimes they can they still can get in sneak there. Through, yeah, Holy they can. Boy, this must have been some squeaky thin little ferrets to be getting getting through they, the lock. Holy, they moly. were small ones. And if you if you left it open and you turned your back, the foxes would get in there uh, and it would yeah. tear everything apart. Um, so Dude, you you have to be super careful. When when I was at Whitney in 2020, same thing, but with the bears. Literally, hmm. you turned your back. <laughs> on the bear, the bear chest, the bear, we call it a bear box. If the door was left open for a second and you even walked away or turned your back. And if you were female, it was unbelievable. I've never seen bears act this way, but yeah, when, when specifically females walked over to the bear, uh, uh, box alone without a male presence, they, they honed in wow. and came in closer. And my buddy's wife had one right behind her. I'm talking two feet. And was just waiting for her to leave it open, even just a smidge. And they go in there and grab as much as they can and run. And that was their tactic. And and you hear it like across the camp because everybody would do it. They don't. When you come out to the to the wilderness, people be aware. Okay, just be aware that these bears are smart and they know what they're doing. That's all I'm gonna say. Now I will say, Sean, I have left the bear canister. I have gone to the bear bear bag, and this is. My system now that I use and I've used consistently across Southern California for the last three years since dealing with bear canisters and just being like, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think it's overkill, but that doesn't mean you you're you're dumb and you don't you don't act smart because I think what it does is it forces me to think about my food more yep. and what I'm bringing and trying to be more effective and keeping. Obviously, you still pack everything out and you still, but I use the hang bag kit. Uh, from Hilltop Packs, which I, I'll link down in the description. But I highly recommend their products. It's a great one. It's just, it's lightweight. And that's the biggest thing. It comes with the full kit and a rock bag and everything. So you can just, at the end of the night, you just throw your rock bag over a nice branch, bring it down, pull it down. I know how to do knots. So I actually like the process of making mm-hmm. pulling out, making a nice clove hitch notch and uh, not and and feeling super official. It gives me a good opportunity to work out the knot skills in an effective way. And I've never had any issues. And I've I have read a lot on this topic because it's, it's I think it's one of the more controversial backpacking. Mm-hmm. Again, the brute force. If you're really really unsure, have a have a bear canister. But all of the AT CDT uh, PCT hikers. They're going to tell you, dude, I dropped that bear canister and I went to the bear bag and I was fine in yep. Southern California. The, there's certain places in the U S um, like the Yukon where you may want to, <laughs> where you're, where you're actually in grizzly country. That's a whole different story. But even then you carry bear spray and you kind of, if you pack your stuff up, uh, hang it away from camp, you're still, you're not going to get mauled. Your food just may be gone. So you'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And if you make sure, especially in Grizzly, um, Black Bear 2, if you are really concerned about it, maybe you have kids or you're just kind of concerned, wearing a bell on your pack somewhere can also give the bears enough of a head heads up, like, hey, there's something noisy coming at me. And they generally will tend to stay away. Um, so that, that can also help. Uh, and just pay attention when you're out there. Pay attention. Do it. Pay attention. Be aware. We love you. We don't want you to get uh, get attacked. So let's jump into our next one, Sean. This is one that I think we were just talking about discussing, 
I don't have one yet, but I think the older I get, the more I'm thinking about, especially if I'm going solo, I have these new aspirations of doing single uh, trips, like bike packing excursions around here and in sort of more remote places. And I think I'm going to pull the trigger on one of these. And, and again, if you have loved ones that are concerned for your, for your well-being, I think it's a smart idea, Sean, it's the, the safety beacon. And I, I know there's a, a, a number of companies that make them from Garmin. Uh, that's the most, probably the most well-known company, uh, spot, uh, has, has one. That's kind of the more basic one that you've seen a lot of people. They started with a gen one and gen two, you'd see it hanging on people's backpacks. Yep. But yeah, it's pretty much a, uh, well, do you want to explain what it is for the listeners that may not know? Yeah. So the, the, the most basic function of a safety beacon is things have gone wrong. You're injured, you're lost, you've run out of food, something's not right. You can basically click a button and it sends a GPS signal to your contacts that you've set and or emergency services. And so they know, hey, somebody's injured. Here is exact GPS coordinates. We need to send a search and rescue to come get this person. That's the the most basic function of any safety beacon is just I'm hurt, come get me. Yeah. And that's that's and almost any of them will will essentially have that basic that function purpose. built in <laughs> function. Yeah. The the more uh fancy, the more bougie that you go, um Garmin. The Garmin, Garmin in reach. <laughs> yeah. The... Text you. My buddies are out there. They're, there's no such thing as peace anymore. They're texting their wives. They're doing all sorts of crazy. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got know. satellite, man. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Man, where are you at, John? You don't have this technology. Yeah, come on, man. You could do it. Yeah. So old school, like let's say you needed to get a hold of somebody out in the wilderness. You had to have an actual sat phone. And not only are those expensive, but they're to like the, the piece itself, but it's also like $5. <laughs> they're nerdy and they're like five dollars a minute no matter like who you oh, call no sometimes even more because you're having to ping off a satellite and it's super super expensive but like a garmin inreach for i think a pretty low monthly um membership you can have full access to their satellites you can send pre-programmed texts like up to i think like 20 or 30 of pre-programmed i'm okay i'm fine i'm here just kind of short ones, or you can manually type it out and actually send text to people. Um, and that can be really helpful of, let's say, like this is really big with hunters. Maybe you're going out, maybe even a party too, or by yourself, and you're going to be out for a couple of days stalking animals or prepping pre-hunt season. And, you know, maybe you're going to be gone for three, four days. Mm -hmm. Your wife's at home, your husband's at home, kind of worrying they're not sure what's going on let's say you get injured night one it could be three or four days before they even know something's wrong and by that time you know the, the chances of you surviving are really really slim so this is a good protection of uh, just saying hey made it to to campsite one yeah or hey made it to uh this ridge we're gonna go farther tomorrow just simple little short bursts that say i'm okay worst case you do fall you hit a button boom, you have search and rescue coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously just being able to give that little update when you're, when you're away is, is a very comforting thing for the, for the ladies back home. Uh, so depending on, you know, yeah, husband, wives, family, they all like to know. So there's a couple different options. We'll, we'll link some. Uh, one of the other ones that I found was the ACR Bivy. And it's kind of a more unknown. The the one thing I will say, Sean, and what keeps me, I don't know, it's it's a little annoying. I know it's a lot less expensive than the satellite phone used to be, but you still have to get a subscription to the. So when you dive in, listeners, just know that it's not as simple as just buying the product and going. You have to set up the subscription. You're really buying into that ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, kind of going Apple full full apple they got you at that point so you don't you want to know when you go in i don't know yet sean i'm just i'm trying to figure out what which ones are going to be the most cost effective i don't need all the bells and whistles i just want i don't want to scream i just yeah. want something that's <laughs> going to keep me safe and and really give my my wife peace of mind so we'll we'll link a couple and uh and you can definitely look into those i think it's definitely one of the again something that's come about in the last 5 years and it's, it keeps getting better and better every year so from here on out you're going to have options at your fingertips and hopefully the price keeps coming down as well so yeah agreed and and if anybody has used any of these too any of the garments or the bivvies 
and you have a preference or maybe you've run into issues and you're like, no, I'll never buy this one again, send us an email. We'd love to hear that from you guys. We'll give you a shout out. We'll kind of try and pass that tribal knowledge on to as many people as we can. We want to hear your stories. So please, please reach out. That's great. Well, let's jump into the next one, Sean. This is one that kind of revolves around the world of nutrition safety. And we're big on giving you guys tips and tricks and really just giving you value. So we're trying to cover things that maybe you're not thinking about your first time going out into the world of the great world of wilderness exploration. Um, so what we, and this is kind of my thought on the on the process, Sean, please tell me if if you feel differently, but I'm a purify all water regardless of source. 100%. Um, 100%. There's, there's so much sketchy things in our water nowadays, no matter how remote you might be. There's so many things out there that I, I don't trust any water, no matter whether it's like, oh, but if it's running, if it's moving water or if it's from this or that. No, I treat everything. There's Sean, no way. Believe it or not, I just saw today a study that came out that said rainwater is unsafe to drink everywhere, researchers say. Now, it's a CNN-based research article, but hey, I don't know. I haven't I haven't dove in to see if it's 100% accurate or what the source is, but I'd say if you can't even drink water from the clouds, which is a pretty safe source or was back in the day, uh, I, I'm not going to be drinking something without purifying period. So no, we're, we're big not. fans of that here. And, and there's a couple, thankfully, Sean, there's a couple different options at your disposal. I went through one of my top gear picks of 2022 last week. Uh, and that's the be free catadine, which is a little portable. Um, I, I guess you could consider it uh screw top, uh, mm -hmm screw top filter. So there's kind of like two or three different camps on the, on the process, the lightweight, ultra lightweight guys are always going to want to go with the squeeze option where it's you're physically squeezing the bottle and, or it's being gravity fed through a filter yep. compared to actually having a pump that you pull out um, and pump out of the stream. I have Sean, I have the, uh, the, Catadine Hiker and then the Be Free, which I went through last week. The Be Free is obviously very freeing and lightweight. Uh, the Hiker is, in my opinion, it's still worth the wait because yeah. I can pump so much water out of it. I mean, that's where I really, if I want to get camp water, you know, you can get three liters like in five minutes, you know, oh, yeah. five to seven minutes. Yeah, those those high flow pumps are really really nice. I know when I did the Sierras. We had a pump filter and we were able to fill our camelbacks really, really fast. We filled huge giant canteens and, and hydro flasks really fast. Um, I, I really like the pump. I know it's heavier, but I really like it because I can get more water faster and everything for me. Usually by the time you're getting water, you know, you, you're setting up camp or you're, you're stopping to relax or whatever it is. And the last thing I want to do is fill a bottle, drink a bottle, fill a bottle, drink a bottle. I want to be able to, to fill it as much as I can, but it has the added weight. So it can be kind of a pain. I also always, no matter what filtration system I have, I always keep at least a life straw in my ah. bag. They're super light. You can buy them like three, four packs at Costco for pretty cheap. Um, and they're always a good fallback. I mean, because you, you could get in the wilderness and your filter breaks, you know? You can. Or if it happened, <laughs> you could be completely screwed. And I always keep at least one life straw with me um, as a fallback. Well, and just, just to dovetail that, it's also important to have a camp stove for sure as well. Because yes, the old tried and true method still works. And one time I was out in Colorado, the southern part of Colorado, all of our, it was a muddy spring and all of our filters got clogged day one. And so we, we were straight up boiling water every night, filling, yep. filling our packs. And I've, sometimes you just, that's, but the, the cool thing about boiling water is it works. It may be dirty water, uh, it, sediment, of course. Yep, yep, yep. And you don't necessarily know what, uh, what's dead in there, but it's dead. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> it may not be the greatest water you've had, but it's probably not that much worse than city tap water, at least in San Diego. So, uh, yeah, no, so, oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> not good. Uh, not you got to get that RO system, baby. Hey! Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> greatest investment ever. 
good at good ro system so so uh, two questions important. um my well mine is the the tablets that's what i carry as a backup those yep. also help but then um well sorry that was more of an interjection i apologize sean <laughs> Uh, but the question I have for you is how much water do you consistently carry as a minimum when on uh, the trail? For me, I generally keep at least a liter of water on me at all times. Um, ideally, I want more. Uh, if yeah. I if I can do the weight, that's the key because you want to yeah. factor that as well. But if I can do more, I think I have a two and a half liter camelback that I always keep as full as I can. Um, but at least a liter because you it's also unless you're planning ahead of time, it may be a hot minute before you find another water source and you 100%. need to be able to make sure you have enough water to oh, get to the next 100%. water source. When in doubt, fill it up. That's what I always say. And yep. I'm telling you, every time I've been like, I should fill up here and then I don't, I <laughs> regret it because then yep. I'm literally getting dehydrated and I have a long way to go and where the the next source is dried up. That always happens. Oh, I mean, yeah. this stuff will happen, listeners. So just don't fear. You you're probably good enough, but but go out into the wilderness hydrated. I mean, that's that's another little tip that I always try to follow is I don't go out to the wilderness needing water. Yep. I go out being hydrated and continuing to drink throughout the process. That way I can, if I do have a stint where I don't have water, and I do like you, Sean try and keep a minimum of a liter for both myself, but also the safety of other hikers. Yep. If somebody, you never know when you're going to come across somebody who needs water, you can give them a quick half a liter and keep them alive. You never know. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. There's so many times you might run into, there's a lot of times you'll run into other hikers on a lot of the trails, especially the more popular ones, except a lot of Southern California, but you never know when you might come across somebody who maybe fell or it's just out of water and they're dehydrated and they can't make it to the next water source. You'd be like, let's, let's share, let's give you a power bar, give you some water. It's, there's something special about how kind other hikers are on these trails. Some of the nicest people I've ever met, I've met on oh, yeah. trails. Absolutely. Giving, giving people. And, and the other thing is you never know, like when you're getting friends into, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, shot, shot. I am a pro. I know all of this stuff. They're great, but bring other friends out. I just brought one of my buddies out for my birthday hike and who hadn't, he's, he's getting into the art. He's been, I've been working with him to get his gear together. And, and the other aspect that sometimes it's, it's happened to the best of us, but we go out there. We we're we're pushed for time. We're pressed for time. We go into REI and REI is expensive. So you're, you're buying all the other stuff. And then, and then by the time you get to the checkout, you're like, dang, I didn't get any nutrition. So then you like maybe get two or three protein bars and you're like, that should be good. And <laughs> yeah. then I come along and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do, tw what are you doing? We're going 30 miles and you have three protein bars. I have enough food yep. to help and supplement my, my friends that may, I don't know. I mean, just again, these situations happening that that's all I'm saying. If you're bringing buddies in, have patience, have grace and and give them give them your nutrition and make sure you're ready because you never know when uh again yeah when fellow hikers are going to be in need it happens more often than than not oh absolutely it, very great point i was very lucky my first trip i had two really good friends i'd known them since i was five years old and they were very willing to teach and and provide help and when i you know ran out of a snack they were able to give me some some you know cheese or whatever it was <laughs> I had to help kind of me get through the the trip but yeah um there's I, always bring... the snack man on the party too oh that god has like, oh that has, god. and you're just like no matter what even if you have enough food you're like dude can i have some cheese it's like i don't that looks great there's always yeah. that one guy that has it all you're like dude, one, how do you... one of the guys on the trip he had just gotten back from a trip to france and he had all of these crazy french meats preserved oh. meat salted meats that he brought with him so every night we were sitting there with a knife carving off the this meat mm. of like you know crazy prosciutto and stuff from france that he had brought in that i'm like i'll never in my life unless I go to france i'll never in my life get <laughs> to eat these meats and then he i'm just sitting on this trail looking at this the milky way because that's cool tip when you get away from the city you can actually see the stars sitting there eating this meat i was like this is 
this is an experience I will remember forever. And I tell you, I still remember that experience to this day. Dude, that's so cool, man. I Shout love out to those. Danny. Shout out to Danny. Come on, Danny. Where are you at? He's listening to the show, I'm sure. So let's let's dive into another one here. As part of the nutrition game, the nutrition safety. This is safety specific. We're talking about water. We're talking about things that matter for us. One of my big sleepers, Sean, and I, I've hinted at it at the past. When I first got into hobbying at a higher level, and I'm mm-hmm. talking about doing, you know, 60 to 100 mile bike rides, uh, you know, longer trail pushes, like 15, 16 miles in a day with a full pack, you know, things crazier feats, your, your body needs more, the engine needs more. And if you don't do it right, you, you, you really feel it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. pain, your joints hurt. There's, you're not lubricating the necessary systems. Uh, an engineer without beer is like a car without oil. This is a very important task that we must give. <laughs> That's my, I got to sneak that one in there. Um, but the supplement that I'm going to, I'm going to really push tonight. I, I have been no matter what form there's, I mean, there's a ton of different forms, but carrying salt supplements of some kind. So there, I mean, some of the big players you've heard of, I'm sure you've heard of it is liquid IV. That's one that's actually, it's a liquid form Yep. where you just, uh, and I think they actually now, I think they have the powder as well. You, where you can put yep, it in the it bottle and then mix it to water. So it's, it, it's like a, you know, whatever. And then they have the pouches where it's like you tear it off and drink or whatever. It's like a highly dosed. My favorite, this is my favorite, Sean. And I've been buying them since, uh, I don't know. It must, I think I started in 2020. Same thing. Cause I, what happened was I got a a bad cramp Mm. and somebody speaking of learning, somebody on the trip was like, here, man, I think it was my buddy. Who's a firefighter. He's like, here, take this salt, salt packet. And it literally knocked out. It was a tablet. Actually, it was like a hard tablet where I just took it really quick and it knocked out my cramp. Like I was good. And I was able to keep pushing on because your body's good. Like most of the time your fitness level is fine. It's that you need a supplement to get your, get you back in gear. And maybe you've taken a break. Like mine came on after a break. We took a nice long siesta in the afternoon, like after lunch, we put our feet up, which is always great Yep. by the stream. And then I got going. The body was like, mm. <laughs> you've been sitting too long, uh-uh. sir. <laughs> so yeah, that, and from that point on, I went, I, I found these called light caps and they're on Amazon. Uh, and the thing I love about them, it's like 50 or so, I think capsules per bottle. So you get that many, they're super lightweight. So you just get a baggie. This is why I love them. It's, it's very low impact. So mm-hmm. you just get a baggie and throw like 10 or 15 in, depending on how many you think you may need and some as a precaution. And then as you need them, you you can even just like you start off the day with popping one and then you're already getting yourself up on the on the nutrition. And dude, I have cramp, cramp levels have gone down exponentially. I don't even, I barely get them. And I was able to help a buddy the last time I was out on the trail by nice. giving him some of the same things. So, and he was cramping, he was going through the, the fatigues of, so this, this is my pick. It's called light caps. Definitely recommend. I've gotten a a couple bottles at this point. I even Sean, before I get on the bike in the morning, I'll pop one Hmm. because it's really, it's a two pill serving. So if you, if you only take one pill, it's about half the the normal dose. And for me, I find that to be just enough salt. Cause even after you wake up in the morning, you're most of the time dehydrated. Because yep. you've been asleep for like, hopefully a decent amount of time. Hopefully, hopefully at least like seven, eight hours. But yeah, That's you it. do. You wake up dehydrated. You wake up electrolyte deprived because we do sweat in our sleep. And that's where these salt tablets mm. really come in handy is when you sweat, a lot of people just kind of see it as they're losing water. But really what you're losing in your sweat is a, sh- a shocking amount of uh, vitamins and minerals mm. and really electrolytes. So potassium, salt. Um, zinc, uh, magnesium, things that you're sweating out that your body needs to function. And if you're in our normal diets, when you're not off trail, you're, you're at home, our normal diets, if you're eating healthy enough, provide enough of those nutrients. But once you start sweating and you're off trail, 
or your entree, that's when you can start losing those electrolytes and you get cramping and you get fatigue and you, you're able to pop one of these pills, drink water, and it revives you. So you're not getting that electrolyte, you know, uh, depression almost. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is so key. I do want to also say, so it's, it's a six, the one that I'm talking about, we'll link it in the show notes. It's a 60 capsule bottle and Sean, I've purchased it four times. So I don't know if that makes me a, an expert yet. Probably not. <laughs> I probably have a way to go, but it's four I have, times more than I've bought. So there we go. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's one of our picks for, for top safety. Have you done anything with, uh, with the salt supplements yourself, Sean, or is this news to you? I haven't done anything with salt supplements. I've intentionally focused on having saltier, more um, sodium-rich snacks. So things like that, Uh, some dehydrated meats are fantastic in that, but you have to be careful because you can get nitrates, you can get some other stuff. You can also over-sodium yourself. Um, So I I haven't played around with the capsules yet. It is something I intend to do. I just haven't gotten there. Yep, and that's, you know, it's okay, man. Next time. Next time you're out on the trail with me, you're going to need them. (laughs) Yeah. John's over here trying to kill me. (laughs) All right. So before we close out the episode, we do just want to preface this. We went through some of the safety needs. These are things that we were thinking um, are, are things that are less thought of, but we always preach here on the podcast, carrying the old standbys. And that's a knife map and compass and first aid. Uh, there is no supplement for those crucial items when it comes to the outdoors. You can look it up anywhere throughout the web. Those will be on the list for most most carried items and 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 really the top essentials. So I think Sean, what 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 type of knife do you carry in the wilderness? I get well, I, people are always interested in the blades, right? They, oh yeah, definitely. I I used to carry an SOG. Um, also SOG. SOG that's, that's my daily carry. But now after my trip to Washington, anytime I'm going off trail, I generally carry a buck knife. Um, I have a really, really nice, really solid framed, uh, folding buck knife that is sturdier than my everyday carry. Something I'm, I'm never going to use to open boxes. This is something I would be using for more of a survival type. Mm. I had, you know, things at the van and I got to do something with a knife. knife. Um, I've actually skinned a sheep with the buck knife that oh, I have. So. It has stories now too. Yeah. So oh, it yeah, does. It has, it has seen some animals, but yeah, I, um, I generally carry, carry a buck knife. What about you? I've got the bug out by uh, Benchmade, and that's Bench- my. I mean, oh. I carry that thing. One, I was I totally went engineer route on it. I was like, I'm gonna buy once and cry once. Yep. And I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an expensive blade, but the thing is, it's so light. I carry it every day uh, on the bike. Uh, it's I don't even realize it's there. I mean, it's that's the kind of footprint. It's a very concealed carry, so I can carry it and nobody really says anything. And um, and I carry it out in the, the wilderness and it's blue. I have the blue version. Okay. So if it does fall, I'm able to see it. Re- I mean, it's really never fallen off because the clip is so good, but I just, I just appreciate Benchmade's quality in their, um, their, the way their lock work functions, everything just functions well. And if I need to, I've even called, I lost a bolt one time and I called them up and they were like, Oh, I'll just send you a new hardware pack. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't care because they're making so much money. Their, their product speaks for itself. Yeah. Now I do wonder how they stay in business, but then you go on your website, their website, and you're like, oh yeah, I want that one, and I want that one. Uh-huh. And so I just I don't even go on the website because it's it the product just looks too good. Yeah, Ben Benchmade some of the some of the nicest and well known folding knives out there. It's also some of their their cutlery, like their kitchen kitchen knives and stuff. Oh, I like didn't even know that. Did, that's a, oh, they don't yeah. have cutlery. No, yes, don't. yes, they do. Oh, they have they a whole do. cutlery okay. section. All right. I didn't Single hear that. Table knife <laughs> set. Yeah, they got everything. But um, I would recommend for anybody who's never done an EDC carry knife, an everyday carry um, knife, start with something kind of on the cheaper end. Um, that way, if you end up accidentally losing it because you've never carried a knife before, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, and then work your way up to kind of getting into the more task oriented kind of knives um but yeah i think that there's some there's such great knives out there my brother's purchased some really cool damascus knives that he carries every day um that he really really likes yeah they're beautiful knives 
um yeah so i i recommend getting a knife i think everyone should carry a knife every day it's it's so convenient and mine's never seen anything but boxes but you know what it makes me so good it makes me feel so good when i can whip that out i can cut a cardboard box down i can put it back in my pocket there's just something so cool about it oh dude i love it and i i agree i think you know the more when you start carrying people look at you like you're kind of like my wife was like why are you carrying a knife but the, <laughs> the times i use it very consistently having kids and everything Yep. I mean, it's it's a great it's it is an everyday use type of object and you miss it. Like when I can't bring it on on a plane or something, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. So uh, I do just want to say before we close it out, the the medical kits have gotten great. There's a lot of prepackaged kits now on REI um, and varying. I think I have the 0.7 or the 0.9 medical kit. That's like it's like a lighter weight version but still has a good amount of things for, for, for various situations. So mm -hmm. you can kind of pick your poison there, but it, having something is, is definitely necessary again, for all the reasons that we talked about earlier on in the show. But uh, yeah, Sean, great job tonight. Anything you want to close us out, tell the listeners regarding our safety picks, just, other than they're great. Just, they're all amazing. Just, just that they're, <laughs> This is such a small window into the, the world of being safe outdoors. There are so many things out there, so many great courses you can take, outdoor safety certifications you can receive for first aid wilderness, um, even other things like life flight, uh, uh, helicopter insurance. I bought that when I was up in Washington. Oh, wow. Um, no way. Yeah. There's so many things that are so helpful for to be safe out there. So Everyone, my only request is that everyone, if you have any safety tips that we didn't cover tonight, please send us an email. I would love to get this not only so we can transfer this to the rest of the listeners, but also for yes. me personally, I want to know as much as I possibly can, because I'm prone to hurting myself in almost every situation I'm in. <laughs> so if you have other safety tips, please let us know. Website, Gmail, Instagram, anything, and we can... Uh, we'll try and share as much as we can with everybody. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks so much, Sean. Thank you listeners for listening tonight. We appreciate all of you and we hope you're having a great time wherever you are enjoying this content. Again, send us emails, howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com and check out our website. Uh, thanks for listening and have a wonderful evening. We will talk with you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How To Hobby Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a like and or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot and take care.